Welcome to Ball vs. Life, a podcast where your hosts, JC and Jack, discuss NorCal vs. SoCal perspectives, the Bay vs. LA. Thanks for tuning in. Let's roll. This is Ball vs. Life. I'm Jack, and this is my buddy, JC. What's up? What's cracking? Yeah, man, it's a uh, it's been a tough week. I mean, as you know, we recorded last Monday. Um, it was the Kobe tribute, which really meant a lot to me and and you, of course. Um, so that's kind of what's up <laughs> over here in LA. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a week since you know the whole tragedy and mm. things have kind of mellowed up at least here in the the Bay Area. So what's the vibe down there? I'm sure uh, people are still kind of reeling, but you know. Time kind of has its way in terms of, uh, you know, facilitating healing. So what's what's going on? Yeah, I think the shock uh, has worn off. You know, it's just that that hit right away that you're just in disbelief. And then the day and then two days after, you just kind of go through a mental process of getting over the shock. And then, of course, there's the morning phase. But this past Thursday, they, uh, the, the Lakers finally played because they postponed the Lakers versus Clippers game on Tuesday. Because it was yeah. just too, yeah, it was just too much for the for the Lakers organization. Too so soon. they, yeah. yeah, it was way too soon. So they, they kind of contacted the league, and the league respected it. So, anyways, the, this past Thursday, the Portland Trailblazers and the Lakers played obviously at Staples Center. So they did a yeah. whole beautiful tribute, um, and then e- even before that, Vanessa Bryant kind of posted on Instagram, and then the Lakers brass, the organization followed suit on social media anyways. You know, um, Jimmy yeah. Buss made a really nice touching post. Rob Palinka kind of came out and made a statement. Frank Vogel, you know, um, t- did a little media session before the game yeah. or like a day before, and he kind of talked about where the Lakers were at the team and stuff like that. So f- since then, of course, the loss is still heavy, but, you know, there, there is some kind of reassurance hearing the people that are closest to Kobe um, just being, uh, I, I don't know, hopeful is the right word, but just you just want to remember him in that positive light, you know, yeah. um, instead of completely just being in in shatters, in, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, being in the dark from from there, just getting feedback from at least the the closest. Yeah, with him actually kind of was kind of eerie, and to kind of get a signal to just kind of signify that there's a little bit of progress. Yeah. In terms of the initial shock, is it's always a good thing because that really dictates, you know, the vibe of everything else. But uh, yeah, I didn't really have a chance to see the game mm-hmm. uh, and only saw highlights of all of the the things that they were doing in terms of just being able to honor, uh, yeah. you know, Kobe. So it seems like it was a really emotional night. Yeah. And this, you know, what's kind of funny about that is like, you know, it's such an emotionally heavy night, and then. The team still is expected to play basketball. I know. And Dame's been balling out of oh, his mind man. recently, so it seems like uh, it didn't work out for the Lakers, at least for for that particular game. But I'm a, I have a feeling like the team like didn't really. I wouldn't yeah. say they didn't really care, but it's just you know it's hard to really get really fired up, you know, given how heavy the week has has been. Yeah, I mean, I'll comment on the game since I watched the game. Uh, aside from uh, D- Damian Lillard just being on a tear, and he channeled that, uh, I guess, the Mamba mentality. I mean, Dame's yeah. one of those guys that definitely has that Mamba mentality. There's yeah. there's, a, there's a, cole- a select few, like Kawhi Leonard, you know, Giannis even, like that just have that fire in their eyes, you know, that not unstoppable. The closers. 
yeah exactly uh but as for the game itself like you said it's kind of it was i mean of course they won the win for kobe but it was just such a raw emotional night you could see in the players like lebron he was pressing i think you know when you play emotional it's just it's usually not the right move to be honest like in any professional sports you want to be calm and collected actually like being too overly emotional it doesn't help you actually you know yeah it throws you off your just natural rhythm and and yeah yeah, it's just it's the mental game becomes just much more difficult so yeah uh but you know but the game was secondary i mean to the night anyways like that game i don't think the lakers were were really feeling i mean like feeling the lot like heavy on the loss is really just to get through it and honor kobe i think at the end of the day yeah do it justice yeah I can imagine there's, I mean, we haven't even hit the all-star break, so there's still a ton of basketball to be played. With that said, I do feel like, you know, as things settle in, the the Lakers are probably going to be really motivated to, you know, close out the season, you know, with with additional purpose. I'm sure a lot of the, the players, top players in the league, you know, who had relationships with him, but especially the Lakers, they'll be motivated. So I'm curious to see what's, how the story is gonna progress for this particular season i mean this is kind of a selfish wish but in many ways of course i would have wanted this regardless but since kobe passed uh it'd be nice if the lakers won the championship for him <laughs> i mean again it's 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 rooted in self self-interest because i would want them to win anyways but because of this it would be a nice storyline just personally as a fan of Kobe and the Lakers just it would mean a little bit more this year and if they yeah. don't you know sure but yeah if they did it would mean that much more that's what i'm saying yeah i can i can imagine i'm sure there's you know there's extra motivation to get that done at least yeah. from a competition standpoint yeah uh, you know not that we're competing right now the warriors aren't but like yeah. you know i'm sure other teams would would find some solace knowing that there's you know there's additional value for the Lakers if they end up doing that but i don't know you guys have a team in your backyard that you know, down there that yeah might make it a little bit difficult although you know what's funny is uh, doc rivers actually came out recently and said like the way, way to um, honor Kobe is for the Clippers to win the championship or just for them to win the championship. I'm like, what? Dude, soon, Kobe's God. a lifelong Laker, bro. <laughs> Why would well, he want you know. guys? To... <laughs> Apparently, Jerry West, amidst all of, all of the, the press coverage, he said that Kobe was close to being a Clipper. Yeah. And Jerry West, he pretty much just uh, talked him out of it. The power of the logo, man. Man, actually, uh, to recap that really quick. So Jerry West was on TNT. Uh, in remembering Kobe, they did a whole segment with Shaq, Dwayne Wade, Reggie Miller, and uh, you know all the TNT cast, Kenny, Kenny Smith, uh, and Charles. Yeah. And yeah, that Jerry West, Jerry West, in his like, I guess his emotional state, he actually let that out. He was like, yeah, when he was with Memphis, actually at the time, Kobe was gonna sign with the Clippers, and he pretty much straight out said that he advised him not to, because yeah. at the time they were owned by Donald Sterling, so it was a different time. But yeah, yeah. I mean, what what would have been so different in history if? Our buddy Leo, who who has been a guest, he could be wearing a Kobe jersey right now, man. How trippy is that? <laughs> the question I'm getting is like, what what happened that actually would compel Kobe to even consider, you know, playing for Donald Sterling? But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Maybe, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe Kobe's the only one that could really tell tell that yeah. story. Unfortunately, we may never know. 
Right. Uh, that was... The, I mean, again, like, amidst all of these, you hear all of these these Kobe stories. That's really fascinating. Some shocking, some surprising. Yeah. A lot very inspirational. Um, yeah. So it's, it's nice to see that there's there's something somewhat positive that's coming out of the tragedy. I feel like more and more people kind of been kind of forced to reevaluate the way that they kind of live their lives or mm-hmm. they they have their relationships. Shaq being one of the more high profile folks definitely has, has expressed that, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's just it's just really interesting and and, and, and cool to, to see that even 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 the hated rivals can't can't say that much just because of the respect that he's he's earned so you know provides some perspective in life in many ways and can't get mad at that yeah well said i think one of the most difficult things this past week is really to get my mindset on watching the super bowl but obviously with this past weekend that you know the super bowl was played out um finally like maybe friday and saturday started to looking into it and the press coverage started picking up because yeah. again this is so shocking and it took a little bit time but once friday and saturday rolled around like everybody was in full force and of course a lot of the coverage was also honoring kobe so that was nice to see like a lot of football players came out and talked about kobe so it wasn't just like hey super bowl you know let's let's just gear up for that and just think about that so the the transition wasn't like not t- i mean it was tasteful you know what i mean yeah, there was a Super Bowl that was played. Really? <laughs> yeah, you wanna you wanna erase that out of your memory, man. It's it's, it's a it's not a it's a there's nightmare a that you're waking yesterday. up from right now. There's there's a game on Sunday <laughs> this past Sunday for real. Oh man, dude, no, it, it's been rough for you, right? <laughs> we yes. should get into it. <laughs> Let us unpack. Yeah, let's Super unpack Bowl it, man. L I V Super Bowl Live L I V. Dude, you've been through worse, man. You've been through worse. Yeah, yeah. We, we can talk about it. Like, um, just for reference, for everybody listening on the pod, right before this, Jack and I were kind of talking shop about all kinds of different things. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, you know, Ultra Boost, or we'll talk about some other things. And Jack was like, let's talk about the Super Bowl. No, I was like, you got to stay focused, dude. <laughs> this like, is the oh, purpose man. of this you episode. You're really going to put me through this. You were trying to, you were yes. trying to drag out the Kobe segment. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm try- yeah, I was trying to, you know, talk about Jerry West, Clippers, Donald Sterling. <laughs> You're not going to let me out of this particular, uh, particular topic dude it's Let's literally it, man. it's literally the the game of all games dude the the, yeah. the the sporting event of the one sporting event that gets the most eyes of any yeah. sport ever so, so before we talk about the result that never happened in my mind um <laughs> let's talk about the build-up so yeah we, yeah we, you know with all the kobe stuff there was kind of it was a, it was a weird week so like you know the the vibe like the energy generally in super bowl week like everybody's just going crazy the press just really zeroes in on the super bowl and i feel like the kobe thing kind of really shifted things a little bit but Mm -hmm. it gained steam Mm -hmm. like what you said around friday and saturday where reality set that there's there's this you know this big bowl bowl game between Mm -hmm. you know the league's or top defense and the league's top offense was gonna match up so yeah. the hype machine slowly kind of worked its way as Sunday approached. Um, so what's the vibe 
What was what were you getting out of it at the very least, dude? I, I mean, honestly, for all all the media coverage I was looking at, people were on the fence. You know, like I mean, I I think people were swaying towards Patrick Mahomes, like at least sports talk, anyways, right? And even amongst yeah. my friends, like yeah. um, that weren't um, had a vested interest, anyways. Uh, yeah. You know, all the, all your the friends generates. up in NorCal, I'm sure they're they're rooting for the Niners, so like they're going to be yeah. biased. But yeah. the general consensus, people were slightly leaning towards Mahomes. But I think at the end of the day, overall sentiment was the Niners was the better overall team, right? Um, yeah. With the better defense and the offense was good too. It's not like the Niners are are schlubs on offense either. You know, the running yeah, game yeah. has been amazing, right? Yeah. And Kyle Shanahan yeah. is a great play caller, so it's not like you got a coach that's, you know not great in 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 these situations you know yeah i think the narrative coming in before the game was um kansas city had a really really explosive and you know just world-class offense and the niners was really focused on you know on their defensive performance at least through the season and all the improvements and and, and as the game grew closer i think they didn't really highlight how balanced a team the Niners were yeah. coming into the game. You know, I, I find myself just kind of holding back just because I keep on thinking about the result of the game. But at least coming into the game, there was just a lot of optimism. Mm-hmm. People were saying like, hey, you know, the, you know, don't, don't sleep on the Niners. Like, the their defense is world class. However, uh, the offense does have some weapons. Um to make them really dangerous and that was a narrative that really wasn't discussed that much coming into the game yeah uh, but like what you said uh there was a lot of talk about patrick mahomes and the kansas city chiefs offense so i mean i don't, really I don't blame me. people for thinking that just because how he how he his postseason run has been like the comebacks mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. it's it's easy just to jump on that bandwagon in terms of looking at just the fantastical nature of it how he yeah. just willed his team to win every single playoff game up until the Super Bowl. So yeah. it's it's hard. I mean, you just can't you can't blame people for getting behind that hype train, anyways, right? Yeah, but enough talking about what happened before <laughs> the game because that's all moot at this point. It doesn't matter what people thought. What the hell happened in the game? What, from your perspective, what happened? Well, for, first of all, I was. Okay, I, I I don't want to say I was rooting for the Niners. I would say I was rooting for the Niners because I didn't want you to be heartbroken. And as much as I want to create this rivalry on this on this podcast with you, like that's just the truth. I want to keep it real. You yeah. know, I care about yeah. your well being. And yes. I mean, being in the Bay Area for a couple of years, I mean, you, you know, you just kind of sway your allegiance one way or the other, right? You're just like, well, yeah. you know, I'm from California or whatever, right? West Coast, you know. But anyways, yes. uh, going into the game, that. I I was. I was optimistic about the, the the Niners, and they started the game very well, in my opinion. You know, they they, they stopped them early in the beginning, and even and at, by the half it was ten ten, and and they were controlling the pace of the game. I thought it's kind of like the first half is a is kind of you could tell every, there was nerves there, right? Um, but by the end of the half, like at ten ten, yeah. I really felt like the Niners were were imposing their will to a certain degree. I mean, would you agree? Yeah, the first half was actually. I mean, it, I it, I felt pretty good at the end of the first half. Like as the first half had progressed, um, to be able to keep that explosive an offense just to ten points. Like I was, I, I, w- I was thinking the whole time, like 
dude, these guys are going to score. So, like, the minute that we gave up the touchdown, initially I was like, dang, man, they scored a touchdown. But then I realized, like, it was going to be inevitable anyway. So if we could just limit it to that initial score and have them kick some field goals, that would be really uh, positive, uh, at least for my team's sake, the Niners. Mm -hmm. So coming into halftime, I was... uh, a little, uh, I was optimistic at our chances just because I felt like the game was going at the pace that the Niners wanted to, um, instead of just, you know, running and gunning and throwing all over the place, it was more of a grinded out sort of half. And that really plays into the Niners style as opposed to the Chiefs style, which is just, you know, throwing the ball freaking all over the place and just having explosive yards. Um, the one thing that really kind of caught me off guard Mm. and, you know, I was watching with some friends with regards to this is the Niners had possession and they, you know, right before the half was closed, Mm. maybe like two minutes before that. Um, and they still had their full, um, uh, gamut of, uh, timeouts, timeouts. Uh, Kyle Shanahan decided to play it really conservative and not try to, uh, to, to, to play any plays essentially basically run out the clock. Yeah. Um, and that was an eerie feeling for me already at that point. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Like, you know, why are you not going for this? Whether or not, you know, we score a touchdown or not, as long as you can kind of get into good field position. Our kicker had made a couple of field goals. He'd been good, at least for the past couple of weeks. If you can yeah. get an extra three, especially in a game of this magnitude, you don't really want to leave any points you know, all, you know, just out there. You, if you you want to score, whatever you can get. So it was really, really surprising for me to see him just kind of, you know, pack it up and just go to the go to the locker room tied up instead of really playing aggressive. So that really kind of shook me coming in, and I was I was really surprised. So what's your take on? on I, I think it, it was it was eerie too, in the sense it was kind of foreshadowing um, some things to come. Like yeah. just whether he, there was full trust in Jimmy G at the biggest stage, which is mm-hmm. the Super Bowl, right? Um, that yeah. was a little eerie, and I did think that he, I would imagine his his mindset was okay. We got the game ten ten right now, right? We could go for we could run like a two minute drill or whatever two minute drill plays to try to get into field goal range or try to make a play yeah. down the field. But there's a risk in potentially turning the ball over, and let's say some crazy things happen. You turn the ball over and then they get a touchdown. The momentum yeah. would totally shift the game and we can go into it feeling good about us being tied, right? It's like yeah. a whole brand new mindset to be like, all right, we got the game tied. Let's just come out blazing third and fourth quarter. So I would yeah. imagine that's that was the mindset, but it does go into the facts like, hey, you know, like you could also be aggressive and trust your players, right? Which yeah. in the opposite end is what, um, Andy Reid has always had with Mahomes. He tr- trusts Mahomes to make these plays even in his mistakes, right? So yeah. that was kind of like the dynamic that was playing out before the second half. I mean, obviously we know the end result now, yeah. and that's why th- this was this is extra eerie now, right? To think about. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I watch all the games this this season for the Niners, mm-hmm. and um, it was actually kind of surprising. Because it's not like it's the end of the game. I, I mean, there was a situation earlier in the season where Kyle was a little bit conservative, but that was like fourth quarter. It's yeah. the half, right? So it really kind of didn't instill any additional confidence 
uh, into the team knowing that they could really execute with regards to being able to not make a mistake and make a play, essentially. Mm. So that probably fucked with Jimmy's confidence knowing mm -hmm. that. I mean, they probably won't ever say it, but, you know, the fact that you kind of just, you know, tell your QB to kind of just tuck it and, and not really make a play really doesn't do much in terms of your your, your quarterback's confidence and the team's confidence. Even if he didn't have confidence with Jimmy's um, with the, Jimmy's ability to throw the ball, I mean, they were kind of doing some tricker, trickerations, trickery with yeah. like Debo Samuel and a bunch oh, of, yeah. you know, the running backs, right? And Amazing game by Debo, Sa Debo Samuel, by the way. Amazing. Yeah. For a rookie in the Super yeah. Bowl, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just like coulda, woulda, shoulda. Like mm -hmm. there's, there were opportunities. They were, they had, they had players that were making some plays. Like Raheem Mostert actually didn't get that much run in the f first first quarter, mm -hmm. and then he was gaining a little bit of traction. So it was really, really, really surprising that he didn't do that. Um, yeah. I, I get, I get the thinking. Like again, you don't want to give the ball to the other end, but it's just like, dude, you got to play to win. Like yep. honestly, yep. right? Mm -hmm. And on it, and, and that was that 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 was such a, an ominous sort of sign, like what you were saying in terms of what how the game would unfold. Just because you're just playing not to lose, and you got to play to win. And unfortunately, the result. Well, I guess to sum it up, um, going into uh, the the second half, there's just for you there was an eerie feeling, right? Let's just move to the third quarter now, right? Because. In the third quarter, even with this eerie feeling, the Niners looked amazing. And Jimmy G was throwing amazing passes. He was in yeah. the game, bro. Like, he was doing well. So exactly. it's not like he came out in the second half and he was, like, frozen, you know what I mean? Because yeah. uh, Kyle Shanahan, did, you know, didn't trust him. Basically told him to tuck it into the second half and not yeah. make any plays. He was... He was part of the one of the main reasons why they had these two successful drives, <laughs> right? For a yeah. field goal and then eventually a touchdown. So, I mean... You know, That's the like, point, though. Like yeah. they, they, they had they, they had some yardage, but mm -hmm. they were field goals. And yeah. honestly, coming into the game, if you told me that the night would the Niners have a chance in this game if they only kick field goals for most of their points, I would have told you that that wasn't going to work out. Mm. Um, knowing how explosive Kansas City's offense is, um, yes, he made some plays, and obviously, you know, I'm a little salty right now. Yeah. Um, but and his percentages weren't that bad, at least coming into the third quarter. But there was still something kind of lacking mm. with regards to it. Mm. Um, in in addition to that, I do feel like the run game wasn't wasn't really established as much as I I'd seen in the past couple of playoff games where we were really really run heavy. Yeah. Like Jimmy was kind of throwing darts, a couple of darts here and there, mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, like. We know our bread and butter. Like yeah. if you know what the squad squad strengths are, it, it would be running the the ball. And I felt like it just didn't feel really established, at least in hindsight. At at that point, so you had the field goal, and then you had the interception, right? Which yeah. led to a which led to a touchdown eventually, touchdown drive. You're up twenty ten. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're you're still feeling a little iffy because you know that the, the the kansas city chiefs are going to get the ball back right um, yeah. which they did leading going into the fourth quarter you're thinking oh man they're going to make this they're, they're going to start to put the fun the gas right and then uh, yeah. of course patrick mahomes threw an interception man yeah at that point you weren't feeling confident 
at all? I was feel I was feeling good actually because again I'd watched these guys all season long, right? And mm-hmm. in situations where uh, where they make a play like that, generally they've been able to kind of close it out. Like mm-hmm. honestly, like the team lost a few games, and for the games that they had lost, um, you know, it was either by like a a kicker uh, hitting a field goal late or it was an OT kind of deal. So yeah. the the team had been capitalizing on 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 errors by the other team making them pay and actually actually essentially just kind of uh putting the 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 opponents to sleep. So at that point I actually was feeling good, but at the I... same time we're not playing a team that is a regular team, you know, as explosive as the Chiefs. So I knew at the back of my mind that um, they are threatening, but if we played our game where we smother the the other team, run the ball, and and play our game, um, we can really control the clock and really limit their their explosiveness. So that's my hope. That was my hope coming into the I'll be perfectly transparent. When, When Mahomes threw that interception, which was a tipped, right? Like, Hill tipped it. And Moore caught it for the interception. I thought the game yeah. was I want to I wouldn't say over, but I was I was thinking yeah, it's, I I feel like that's that that could be the nail in the coffin. Yeah, cause because he I was like thinking just run year. the ball, just run the ball now, kill eat the clock. Yeah, yeah I mean the the D was doing decent enough at least through three quarters. I mean Patrick the D was Marvel doing great, dude. The D yeah, was they, doing they, great. He, he hadn't he hadn't thrown a pick all playoffs right like yeah. he hadn't thrown that many picks exactly in a game like the whole season so it, it coming into that you're just like dude like it may not be his night yeah. you know what i mean and <laughs> i mean if you were to tell me before this game by the third and uh, by the fourth quarter the niners would be up 2010 how would you feel and uh, patrick mahomes would have thrown two picks i would have been like yeah. that's damn good dude that so, means yeah, the defense held you. up because Absolutely. Bosa was pressuring him the entire game, dude. Like he, yeah. lo- Mahomes looked uncomfortable. Dude, he, yeah, I mean, yeah, he he looked uncomfortable than any time this season for oh, sure. Yeah. He was feeling yeah. the pressure, but that's how talented that dude is. Yeah, man. Ah, man, like you know, even though he was feeling the pressure, he his his pocket presence, his decision making was still exceptional. Like, one thing that I was kind of noticing is, like, even if he got sacked, and I think he got sacked, like, four times or something mm-hmm. like that, they weren't, like, 12-yard losses or yeah. something like that. Like, even if they kind of got to him, he was able to kind of scramble back enough to limit the loss to be, like, a yard or two or five yards the most. Like, it wasn't, like, debilitating. And yeah. given how explosive they are, they can always kind of recover from these types of errors and yeah i mean it's just it was really frustrating to see just because again like this d was playing like when nick bosa wrecked shop like he did and he in many ways he did like he every down he was he was doing everything that he could to 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 essentially put some pressure like Mm -hmm. other qbs would would crumble yeah but you have a next next level player and he makes plays man jeez yeah, I made mean, a nightmare. The 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 Chiefs stepped up big time. So after the the, the turnover, they, they stopped the Niners right away. Um, so that when they got the ball back, I mean that's when Mahomes' magic started happening, right? Um, yeah. I mean there were a couple See, of times he was pressured in the pocket 
and he yeah like you said there was an uncanny instinct there right he would just still make those timely throws in just the biggest moments and that that was well, you, crazy to watch yeah i mean it was just a it was just a it, it's it was a combination of the niners not make choking i mean not making plays in the fourth quarter yeah and and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs making plays in the fourth quarter cuz right after that pick you know you expect the Niners to run the ball kill the clock yeah extend past a three and out you know what i mean if you can just get that second second uh, level on that drive yep it would be so debilitating for Kansas City to be able to make those that second score to actually get to the position they were in so that three and out was was brutal like for like watching it with my friends here it, mm-hmm. it was just it was so brutal because we were just like what are you doing like why are you oh I, I so that that eerie feeling came what... back right <laughs> oh that, absolutely yeah. like I, at that point in time it was just like are we really going to squander this this late in the game like we have the opportunity uh, don't get me wrong like as it was happening like again the whole season they had been executing that's why they got to this level so that's why it was so so heartbreaking to just see them not execute at at that point in time and i guess the biggest factor that really changes it is is the stakes are just the pressure at that point in time is so high that you know whatever you expect to to do in practice or even in a lesser scale game it just kind of adds up so I think our our guys Jimmy in particular, Kyle even kind of kind of the moment got too big and they weren't able to execute. Yeah, I totally agree with that assessment. Just the the, the contrast in the fourth quarter of when the pressure moments hit. Um, like you said, the Niners three and out when the ball game came back to the you know for for, for Patty Mahomes. I mean, homeboy just lit it up. You know, he made the plays, and that that was just kind of amazing to watch. And you could see that if you watch any of the playoff games um, leading up to it for the for the Chiefs, you could see it in his eyes, man. Like no matter how much he's down, like he's just it's kind of like you just he just like put it on my shoulders, you know. He's just yeah. like I want to step up right now, like in the in just the a, in the face of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, I don't want to put throw the officials under the bus or anything mm-hmm. like that. It, it, the, this level of, of this caliber of game, you know, they're always going to be missed calls or whatever. Yeah. And I'm not going to use that as sort of a reason. Like, yeah, there could be a call that could have gone one way or another. Did I you Did both, you not like the George teams. Kittle uh, pass interference one? Uh, I wasn't really a fan of it. I think yeah. by the rule mm. uh, of, of uh, P.I., Mm-hmm. Uh, you know there's a case for that but for the spirit of the game and w- mm-hmm. given how everything else within the game wasn't called there were like tons of holds yeah you know what i mean it it just i don't know it that was a game changer for game, sure absolutely and, jimmy g threw a dime I mean, it, if if uh, the way that i see it is if you're gonna let them play you're gonna let them play right and you can't really you can't really go one way or another and i think that's what's frustrating about this it's just like you know, if you if you're gonna call that PI on um, on our key, our our cornerback, uh, you know, and put him in the one yard line to ha- let him score, 
but you're not you're, you're gonna call a offensive pi with kittle it's just i don't know i, mm. I, I don't really want to go down that route like yeah. i know that a lot of folks were considering kansas city to be the favorites or whatever i i do think that some calls could have gone another way um that you just don't really want to put it on the officials with that said those calls may have gone the Niners way Mm -hmm. but the execution still wasn't there I mean Jimmy had a chance to really hit Emmanuel Sanders that was a nice play call great play call yeah you know he was what he overthrew him Mm -hmm. and you gotta make those like you get rarely do you have an opportunity to make your your legend in that stage and that was his opportunity to to really take kansas city's heart out and it didn't work out i I think during the game there was an angle where they replayed it and it was from cal shanahan's angle and he once you saw he he overthrew it oh man the coach was like damn that was it right there that was the game right there that 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 was the game right there well I think that was crucial. There, the the third and fifteen, yeah, uh, where where Mahomes hit Hill. Oh was yeah, another yeah. opportunity, right? Yeah. That was also crucial. Like if yeah. the D had been so stout all season, that's what's so frustrating about this. They had been able to close out teams the whole year, and in the biggest stage, they're not able to kind of. To close out and get that 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 three and out or whatever. JC, he Nick Bosa was right there, dude. He was yeah. almost game gonna get inches, them. Man. Oh my! Yeah, you're right. Game of inches, oh, man. I, I watched that play. He he was coming off the corner. He just released the ball in time, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it really is a game. Even of just inches. a fingertip, just to throw oh, that that ball yeah. a little bit right may may have made it an uncatchable one. But again, the coverage was was blown. I mean, Tyreek yeah. Hill is really fast. Yeah. I think Andy Reid really set up some plays where he could really take advantage of his his personnel, right, to really put him in positions where, where they can succeed. Yeah. Um, and in many ways exposed the Niners. And I say this in, a, in the sense that, you know, it's exposed in the matchup sort of yeah. way. Like, I, you know, scheme, the way that they communicate, it really worked for... Mm majority of the league but then if you have like next level talent next level speed next level quarterback play it just you know it ends up in these sort of you know plays that just that shift the game i think a lot of it comes down a lot of that comes down to momentum i mean we've been you know as weekend warriors or just watching basketball and like you said football too right like when a team has a certain amount of momentum it's it's not even scheming necessarily. It's just there's just there's a, there's a flow to a game, right? Like yeah. sometimes you you don't stop you don't stop that that other team's flow in time. Then you see like yeah. they score like for basketball, right? They go on a freaking twelve yeah. zero run, thirteen zero run. Yeah. That's just part of it. It just happens, right? So like you can even see a lot of teams that when they're up twenty, they're like, oh, get ready for a run because that's just how it works out usually. Especially if you're playing a good team, right? You're not playing a, some you know some bottom dwelling team you're just like hey get ready guys because they're gonna they're gonna bring they're gonna bring some kind of flow soon you know it's not gonna be complete domination usually and it's just the timing of it you know yeah needless to say i mean the niners lost the super bowl yeah actually let me rephrase that Mm. the chiefs won the super bowl Mm -hmm. right and i think i think 
much of the narrative in the Bay Area and even maybe in the press, I, I don't know how it is na- na- nationally, but I can the narrative tell you. is the narrative is Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy G choked this game. Um, you know, Jimmy missed the pass. Uh, he didn't really play up to par. He wasn't able to match Patrick Mahomes. Kyle Shanahan's uh, play calling was suspect. He played overly conservative. Mm-hmm. So it you know it wasn't consistent with whatever we've seen through the the whole season and essentially a lot of the quote unquote blame uh, falls yeah. under both of those guys shoulders yeah. so at least in the bay area narrative uh, you know that's where the the day after was going um in terms of you know just looking back into the game um mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to you the entire day about this uh, after you, uh, <laughs> you know, your emotions kind of leveled out. Although they picked up again, apparently, uh, as you as you looked at other uh, articles and read the coverage about it. But yeah, you kind of, you know, not not looking at any of the national uh, narrative and national news, you kind of hit it right on the head. I mean, of course, you you prop up the Super Bowl winners because they won the game. Right at the end of the day, they still had to make the plays. Like Mahomes had to make the plays. Williams had a great running game. You know, he, he I would say he could have been MVP too. <laughs> you know, he could have easily you could have easily made a case for him being MVP because if he if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't even be in the game in the fourth quarter, right? He was he was running the ball yeah. really well and catching it too. Yeah. But regardless, uh, my point was that the the narrative was yeah, even though Patrick Mahomes won the game for them, the Niners gave it away. You know, they had complete control going into the fourth quarter, especially after that interception, and then the three and out. You know that was demoralizing, yeah. and it's like, why are you, why are you having Jimmy G all of a sudden throw a bunch of passes when you could just, you know, do what brought you to the dance? <laughs> you know, like all the games before, it was completely controlled by the running game. And I don't want to beat a dead horse, but that's just kind of how the narrative is. And it, there's a lot of truth to it. You know, um, you know, not to bag on the yeah. Niners because I want to, I want to put a positive spin now on it. Um, for them to be in the Super Bowl again, you don't want to lose at the biggest stage, especially these opportunities don't always come around. But the fact yeah. that last year, what were they? Four and 13. Am I, am I getting that right? I think, I think they were four yeah, and 13 yeah. to have a complete turnaround in, in one year to be in the Super Bowl is an amazing accomplishment. Um, so yeah. I do want to give the Niners a lot of props because nobody expected them to be in this position before the season. Their odds of yeah. winning the Super Bowl, I think were 30 to one dude. <laughs> So yeah. I mean, you you got to well, be proud about that. Yeah, I mean, and I, I I do agree with that sentiment. I mean, we we arrived early, and mm-hmm. no one really expected that we'd be in this position, given that we had the second pick last year. But the way that I kind of think about it is, what have you done for me lately? I mean, mm-hmm. very much like what how we've seen with the Rams in L.A. Yeah. You never know how many how like it's so so difficult yeah. to get to the Super Bowl, let alone win it. You never want to squander any opportunity that you have while you're there. Yeah. Obviously, you know one team's gonna bound to lose. Obviously, Andy Reid has lost a ton of these mm-hmm. big yep. games and these opportunities before, but you can't take for granted any opportunity that you have because you know the future is is not written. You don't mm-hmm. know what's gonna happen. Uh, so despite the talent 
And despite all of the, the positive that's been happening uh, with the team to get to this level, you never know if you're ever going to come back. It's just one Nick Bosa knee injury, yeah. one, you know, you know, one, the, the schedule might play mm-hmm. a role in terms of how much difficult. And then once you, once the schedule doesn't work out, seating might be weird. Like everything kind of fell in place. And that's what makes it really, really unfortunate just because the opportunity was there all the way through the fourth quarter. Yeah. Right. And then it was snatched away by potentially uh, uh, an all-time great, right? And I don't want to crown him this early. He did win a ring already, but Patrick Mahomes is definitely added to his legend thus far. Yeah, I mean... So we'll see. I want to also make a point of... I agree with what you're saying that, you know, nothing is guaranteed next year even though you can project out to be like well the Niners still have obviously incredible defense and a very strong team with a good structure in the organization and the coach is is a great coach too but you know that's not in what losses, the Bay is saying right now <laughs> but, but let, let me let me spin it this way in losses you learn a lot about yourself right you learn what it takes um, and the hope is when you get that chance again you realize it for its entirety and it's this it's it's whole right where you're like all right yeah. i've been at the stage i understand the nerves right because yes. that's that's what that's what learning is right that's what wisdom and knowledge gives you it's like all right i've been here before i know what it takes next time i'm at this opportunity which is again not guaranteed you never know nick bosa injury yeah. I, you know knock on wood obviously right you never know but when you are you're like you know what this time we're gonna get it and this plays out in basketball too and in other sports Right, there have been teams that get to the stage, but they're too early. They're not. They're not quite there yet. But when they get there again, that's when they close it out. So, I mean, let's be hopeful for that in terms of the Niners' perspective, anyways. You know, we'll, we'll see. I'll yeah. tell you this, man. It's just this is Kyle Shanahan's second run at this. Yeah. yeah. The last time that he was there in that stage, yeah. let's not talk he about that. It, you know. <laughs> Twenty-eight-three, right? <laughs> exactly right. For both instances, I read the stat. Earlier today, there was like higher than 95% chance for those respective teams that had to lead uh, the lead at that point in time to actually close out and get the win. So out of the over 100 times that this type of uh, situation has presented itself for the two outliers, Kyle Shanahan has been involved with these two choke jobs, biggest choke jobs in Super Bowl history. Uh, one may argue so there's that learning angle that you would you could argue could be applied one would gather that if kyle already had that happen to him Mm -hmm. before that would have been incorporated into this this situation and it didn't work out now that that's a tough part man like yeah yeah don't get me wrong like i don't want to talk trash for kyle i think he did Mm -hmm. a wonderful job and got the team in this position but until he is able to really kind of close out and finish, be a closer as a coach, mm-hmm. uh, something that Andy Reid had been kind of carrying for yeah. his whole oh. career, right? But yeah, but it wasn't up to this scale, though. Andy Reid was choking at smaller level mm-hmm. games, not the Super Bowl. Um, unfortunately, that's going to be a tag that Kyle's going to have to carry. Same with Jimmy G. You yeah. know, he's getting paid big money and 
You know, he didn't perform like a big money quarterback. And I think that's the biggest disappointment with regards to all of this is there are certain expectations that you have uh, given Kyle's history and given Jimmy's history. I mean, he has a couple of rings, you know, being a backup. He yeah. knows what the Super Bowl is the all same, about. Though. That's not the right? same. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So with that said, it ended up on a very disappointing Super Bowl result. Yeah. The Chiefs are now NFL world champions. I'm sure majority of America outside of the West Coast or just California loves that that fact. <laughs> and well-deserved, mind you. Like, yeah. I actually kind of want to spin that in a positive way. Like, you know, yes, the Niners, quote-unquote, choked. And they really didn't execute. Um, and that happens. That's sports, right? Yeah. But the Chiefs yeah. did execute. And, you know, you got to really give them credit when credit is due and they made the plays when they had to pressure was there. Like the Niners were doing what they could do defensively. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes cemented his, his legacy by, by performing at the highest level. Yeah. So congratulations to the Chiefs for, for, you know, for a wonderful Super Bowl, a really, really worthy adversary. They, they were tough. Mm-hmm. It sucks to be in the Niners' position right now, and I do hope that we can kind of find ourselves in the same position in the future. But I'm not going to take it for granted, man. I don't know. I don't know what the future brings. Yeah, I mean, uh, to follow up with your point about you know the the monkey on Kyle Shanahan's, Shanahan's back and possibly Jimmy G now, you know, sometimes you never know how it pans out. Like Clayton Kershaw, for example, (laughs) you know, he's never had the monkey off his back in key moments. Sometimes you just don't know until you're in those moments, if you'll freeze up because we're all human, man. Like you just don't know in pressure situations, how are we all going to react? Obviously I don't hope that for the Niners. And, you know, um, again, this is still pretty fresh for them in terms of being at this stage. If they come to another Super Bowl and it happens, then yeah, we can start to make that argument a little bit uh, because being a head coach and offensive coordinator are a little bit different, right? Uh, I mean, he's he's play calling both ways, but, you know, you got more responsibility. So who knows what happens? But let's end this podcast on this. We want we do definitely want to congratulate the Kansas City Chiefs. They earned it, man, at the end of the day to, to have this miracle run of being behind every single game including the Super Bowl, and to win it. That's an amazing feat. And Patrick Mahomes is pretty much the face um, of the NFL right now, anyways. And even though Lamar Jackson won the MVP, so congratulations to Lamar Jackson. Well-deserved. Um, Patty Mahomes is the man right now. Um, so, yeah, let's end Let's end with that. You know, uh, I, I don't want to end it with, you know, Niners possibly choking away. Hey, man, uh, to the victor <laughs> go the spoils, right? Um, yeah, uh, uh, And so... Yeah, with that said, you know, you have any final words before we close it out? Um, congratulations. To the <laughs> You're going to go back crying now. <laughs> uh, I'm still reeling, yeah. but you know, again, it's there's a lot of optimism to be to be held here at least in uh in San Francisco, at least from a football perspective. So we'll see what happens, man. Hey, man, thank you for powering through, man. I know it was not easy. I'm so glad we didn't record Sunday, dude. I think it would have been too <laughs> rough for you. So this time, I remember uh, last season, we recorded after Warrior Warriors losses, and that was brutal. <laughs> we learned from those mistakes, man. <laughs> hey, man, Mamba mentality. Mamba hey, man, mentality. you bring you always bring raw emotion, dude. Raw. This is all raw. I mean, you're true... Bay Area sports fanatic. So, with that said, thank you, JC, for always bringing, you know, 
this this take, even though it's it's a big bummer for you. So with that said, let's just close it out, right? Um, you can follow us at Ball vs Life Official on uh, Instagram and shoot us an email at Ball vs Life at gmail.com. Rate, subscribe, review, please, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace.